0: Matthew 6, 5 through 15. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret. Will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. This then is how you should pray Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. On earth, As it is in heaven, give us today our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we have also forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins."
1: Amen, thank you, Jenna. you know we're on part five of the 40 days of prayer, and I want us to look at how do we pray throughout the whole day? I mean, when you look at the Apostle Paul's life, it's really obvious that Paul prayed all the time. I mean, every book he starts with a prayer as he writes most of the New Testament. And he says, you know, I'm always praying, I'm continually praying, I'm constantly praying, I'm praying without ceasing I never stop praying for you. I mean, this guy, he's always praying. How do you do that? How do you pray without ceasing? How do you continually pray without stopping? Well, a couple things. Number one, uh, have you ever tried keeping a running conversation with God? Instead of uh, waking up and saying, you know, uh, good Lord, it's morning, uh, why don't say, you know, good morning, Lord? Um, Ephesians 6.18 says, praying at all times in the spirit. With all prayer and supplication, First Thessalonians 5, 17, pray without ceasing. So keep a running conversation with God. Then secondly, schedule prayer times throughout the day. Now, this isn't some new idea. I mean, from the beginning of time, people have scheduled their prayer times. I mean, the Jews in the Old Testament scheduled their prayer times. They set times. I mean, there were fixed hours. And the Bible tells us that Daniel, uh, he kneeled in prayer three times a day, morning, noon, and evening. Daniel chapter 6, verse 10 And when the Romans took over the known world at that time, one of the things they did is they would build this um, public square, you know, called a forum, and they built one of these in every major city. And in that forum, in that public square, they would put up a bell tower. And the Romans' bell tower would ring six or seven times a day, and it would ring first about six in the morning, you know. And that was called prime. That was called the first hour. It meant, hey, everybody should get to work, right? And then about nine in the morning, the bell would ring again. It was about three hours later, and so it was called the third hour. Uh, Prime was about six in the morning, nine o'clock was the third hour, and then 12 o'clock was the sixth hour. Remember how the Bible says that Jesus was put on the cross on the sixth hour, right? And then it would ring again at 3 in the afternoon. Then it would ring again at 6 in the evening, which meant work is over. It's time to go home. And everybody could hear these bells. And the Romans had these going on for years, hundreds of years. And so you know what happened? The Jews and the Christians started using the Roman bells for the times of prayer. And they developed a habit of praying every time those bells would ring. And that's called, it's called the liturgy of hours. Even today, Catholic Church has the liturgy of hours, and they still use the Roman terms that the Romans gave, the third hour, the sixth hour, the ninth hour, vespers at night, prime in the morning, different kinds of words that are used for the prayers throughout the whole day. Now, what's interesting is over time, the monks were in their monasteries, and they started putting up their own bell towers in these monasteries, and and that's why they had bell towers. They would ring the bells because then it meant it's time to pray. And then another three hours, pray. Another three hours, pray. Another three hours, pray. Time to pray again. In fact, in the 1400s, the monks, the monks started thinking, you know what? This is kind of a bad deal where we always have to have one guy right there ready to ring the bell. And so they created these mechanical devices and instruments that would ring the bells kind of on schedule. And the Latin word for a bell or for bell, is clock. Have you ever heard of that? You didn't know this, but clocks were invented to make time for prayer. It's the whole reason we have clocks. So you remember that the next time you look at a clock. Psalm 119, verse 164, David says, seven times a day I praise you. Over the centuries, these daily times of prayer throughout the day began to be known as I said, as the liturgy of hours or divine office. And if you look at the Lord's Prayer, I think there's seven phrases in the Lord's Prayer that can help us pray throughout the day. Let's just call them the seven bells of the Lord's Prayer. Bell number one, are you ready? Get up with gratitude. Bell number one is thanksgiving. When you get out of bed in the morning, before your breakfast or anything else, you should you should get up starting to be grateful to God and telling God. God, all the things that you're grateful for. I mean, you can get up grumbling, right? You can get up griping, right? You can get up groaning. You can get up growling. You can get up grunting. Or you can get up with gratitude. It's your choice. Did you know that doctors have discovered the single healthiest emotion known to man is gratitude? It's the attitude of gratitude that actually makes you healthier mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, it's actually good for your health. So why not start every morning with gratitude to God and you thank God for all the things that he's done for you. And you start, by, start your day by focusing on the goodness of God and that's actually the first little phrase in the Lord's Prayer, right? Our Father. Jesus said, your Father knows what you need before you ask him, so then this is how you should pray. Our Father. Our Father. So start with thinking about God and thinking about how good God is. He's a good, good father. We sing that song. Our father in heaven, he's caring, right? That's what we've learned in this 40 days. He's he's close, he's competent. God, you're a good father. Let me give you a list of ways that you're good to me. You start your day not with confession, not with requests. You start your day with gratitude. God, you're a good, good father. Let me just tell you all the things I'm grateful for. You know what I'm grateful for? Right, I'm grateful for running water, right? I'm grateful for indoor plumbing. I'm grateful for ice. I'm grateful for bed and sheets and a blanket. I'm grateful for shoes to put on. I'm grateful for a warm house when it's cold and a cold house when it's warm. You just tell God all the stuff you're grateful for. God, of course, I'm grateful for your awesome salvation. You start with our Father. In James 1, 17, what does that say? Every good gift and every perfect gift comes from the Father, of heavenly lights, who does not change with shifting shadows. So it makes sense to to thank our Father in heaven. So first I get up with gratitude, and the second bell, bell number two. I was going to have one of those bell choir bells up here so I could ding it every time. I'll I'll have to do it next year or whatever. Um, Bless God's name at breakfast. Bell number two is praise. First we have thanksgiving, then we have praise. I bless God's name at breakfast. Now I've gone from getting up to going to breakfast and I can pray at breakfast, it doesn't have to be a big long prayer. But what I do is I pray the second phrase of the Lord's prayer and I I bless God's name at breakfast. And what does it mean to bless? It means to show honor, it means to give some respect, it means to give praise, it means adoration. We adore God, we bless him, we thank him. That's the second phrase of the Lord's prayer. Our Father in heaven, that means you're good God, thank you for all that you've done, you're a good father. And then he says, number two, hallowed be your name. Matthew 6 9. That means holy. It means I'm gonna respect your name. I'm gonna honor your name. I'm gonna praise your name. I'm gonna adore your name. That's the second thing you do. You do it at breakfast. I bless God's name at breakfast. Psalm 145, verse 2. Every day I will bless your name. Not just every Sunday, not just every weekend, every day. I will bless your name. I will praise your name forever and ever. And think of—I mean, there's hundreds of names for God in the Bible that describe His character. But you know, the ones that are connected with Jehovah, like Jehovah Jireh, my provider, God, my provider. Oh, thank you for being such a good provider, Jehovah Rapha. Uh, the God who heals. Thank you for healing me. Jehovah Raha, the Lord is my shepherd. Jesus, our good shepherd. Uh, Jehovah Shalom, he's my peace. Where would we be without the peace of God? Jehovah Sidkenu, he's my righteousness. Jehovah Nisi, he is my victory banner. Jehovah Shama, he is my everlasting presence. Hallowed be thy name. Look at Psalm 9, verse 10. It says, those who know your name Trust in you. You have never abandoned those who truly seek you. So when you get up, you should get up with gratitude. When you go to breakfast, you should bless God's name at breakfast. You just remind yourself who God is. This is called thanksgiving and praise. And, and that's, that's how you start your day. And then bell number three, ding. At mid-morning, remember what matters the most. Bell number three is dedication. Thanksgiving, praise, Dedication, Bell number three. And if you'll do this every day, if you begin a habit of sometime in the middle of the morning, you just pause a little bit. Take a deep breath. It doesn't take very long. Just say, all right, let me just stop right here. What really matters today? And that's when we come to the third phrase in the Lord's Prayer, Matthew 6, 10. May your kingdom come. May your will be done on earth just like it is in heaven. Use me, God, for your kingdom. Rule and reign in my life. Use me for your purposes. God, I want to remind myself there's something a whole lot bigger than just what I've got on my table today to take care of. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done. God, you got a big plan. You got a plan for the world, but you also gave me a plan so use me, God, to extend your kingdom. One of the great promises in the Bible is Matthew 6, You know, seek first the kingdom, right? The rule of God in your heart, in your life. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these other things will be added to you. Seek his plan, seek his purpose, seek his agenda. You seek God's kingdom and his agenda and all these other things will be given to you as well. Well, I don't have enough time. Put God's agenda first. I don't have enough money. Put God's agenda first. I don't have enough energy. Put God's agenda first. I don't know which way to turn at work. I've got a major decision to make. Put God's agenda first. I don't know how I'm going to finish this assignment at school. Put God's agenda first sometime before noon. Just say, I just want to remind myself, God, I'm more interested in what you want me to do Then what I want to do, thy kingdom come, my kingdom go. You've started to get hungry now. It's almost noon, we're getting to lunchtime, the noon hour, right? The sixth hour, ding. Bell number four would be list my needs at lunch. And we could call this petition Thanksgiving praise, dedication, and now petition. I think is a good time for you to talk to God about all the things that you need. You started today with gratitude, you blessed his name at breakfast, and now you've committed yourself again to his plan, to his purpose for your life. Now it's lunchtime, so you're probably sitting there eating a sandwich, and that can remind you of the fourth, fourth phrase, right? Give us this day our daily bread. That's the fourth phrase of the Lord's Prayer. You can pray it at noon. You know, give us this day our daily bread. Now, what's bread? I think bread could represent everything you need. You know, it it could represent money. In fact, a lot of times people call money bread, right? (laughs) You got any bread on you, right? Uh, It could represent money. It could represent resources. It could represent a contract. It could represent a husband, a girlfriend, A wife, it could represent anything you want or need. It's the stuff that fulfills you. It's the stuff that sustains you. Bread is not just talking about bread. It's talking about anything that you need in life. When you pray for yourself, that's called petition. When you pray for somebody else, that's called intercession. You know, you're interceding, standing in the gap for somebody else. And at lunchtime, I think that's a good time to do both. The Bible says in 1 Samuel 12, 23, I'd be sinning against the Lord if I failed to pray for you. Did you ever sin? Raise your hand. Absolutely. But sometimes you sin because you don't pray for people that you love. And you should be. And Samuel said, God forbid that I should sin against you by failing to pray. You know, if I didn't pray for you, I'd be sinning, that's why I pray for you. I love you, but I also don't want to sin because I don't just ask for me. I ask for we. I ask for us. In fact, it doesn't say give me my daily bread. It says what? It says us. Give us. It means that you're in a family, so when you're asking God, don't just ask for yourself. Ask for other people. Give us. Not just give me It's give us our daily bread. And if you'll do this kind of praying, you know, like Philippians 4, 6, and 7 says, you know, don't be anxious about anything. Instead, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And then the peace of God that passes understanding will guard your hearts as you trust in Jesus Christ. I mean, if you pray that kind of praying at lunchtime, your afternoon is gonna be a whole lot better. And you're gonna have that peace that passes all understanding because you stop for just a minute, right, in the middle of the day and you pray. And it doesn't have to be long, but you just stop for a minute and you pray and you list all your needs out there at lunchtime and you're gonna go back to work after lunch just a little bit more peaceful. You need not just to feed your body at lunchtime, you need to feed your soul. And now you you come and you go back to work and it's mid-afternoon now and that's when you wanna take a nap, right? Um, You're starting to get a little sluggish and maybe you're not really... You know, alert that much by mid-afternoon you need a good cup of coffee or something but I don't know about you but I'm in the people business many of you are you're dealing with people all the time I don't know if you've noticed but some people are kind of goofy especially when you look in the mirror right (laughs) you know I'm not just talking about everybody else I'm talking about me sometimes I can frustrate myself sometimes people frustrate me sometimes people disappoint me sometimes people hurt you intentionally or unintentionally let's face it I don't know about you, but by the time I get to a mid-afternoon, I've got maybe a stack of bad attitudes in my heart. And so in the afternoon, I've got some attitudes and actions. I've got some sins that kind of have piled up by mid-afternoon. And the fifth thing I do, you know, the fifth thing I do, bell number five, ding, I ask for forgiveness in the afternoon. Thanksgiving, praise, dedication, petition, and now Confession is bell number five. Take a little prayer break in the afternoon. Lord, is there anything in my life that I need to clean out? I mean, is there any sin in my heart? It's like Psalm 139. Search me, O oh God. Shine your giant spotlight into my heart. Try me. Know my thoughts. See if there's any wicked way in me, and then lead me to the way everlasting. God, is there something here I, I just need to admit to you? Is there something here that I need to confess? I don't want to carry the garbage into the rest of the day. Now, it doesn't take a long time. It's just like taking out the garbage. Taking out the garbage doesn't take a long time, but you know what? It keeps your house from stinking. And if you don't take out the garbage in your soul every day, your soul starts to stink. Don't let a stockpile of sin, and don't let sin stockpile in your life. Take the garbage out. The fifth statement in the Lord's Prayer is Matthew 6, verse 12. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive who trespass against us. Forgive us our debts as we forgive those debtors. Every day you need to take out the garbage, and it might be a good idea to do it in the afternoon. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Admit my sins, and I forgive others who have frustrated me. I mean, there's no really rational reason for carrying around guilt, just confess it, should I feel guilty? Yeah, for about three seconds. That's about how long it takes to admit and to ask for forgiveness and then it's all cleaned up. Psalm 32 verse five, I think you had this in your small groups last week. It's a great verse, it says I confess my sins to you, I didn't try to hide them, then you forgave me and now All my guilt is gone. You know, people pay a lot of money to try to get their guilt taken away. I remember somebody told me about they were seeing a sign in a service station, a gas station. It was talking about a certain kind of oil. It said a clean engine has more power. That's true of people, too. When you let sin stockpile in your life... And you have stuff that you haven't confessed to God. It just, it clogs it all up. It clogs up the system. You're not running on all cylinders. A clean engine has more power. A clean soul has more resilience. And you need resilience in today's world. In the afternoon time, that break where maybe it's about 3 o'clock, you just take a little time and, and say, God, you know, let's do a little cleaning up today. God, is there any sin, any attitude, any action? I just need to admit. I need to admit it to you. And now the sixth thing you pray in this time of day in late afternoon, bell number six, ask God to help you make wise decisions. And that would be protection. Thanksgiving, praise, dedication, petition, confession, and now protection. Whether you've got kids at home or not anymore, or you're living with some friends, you need to ask God to help you make wise decisions and to protect you from making wrong decisions. This is the sixth phrase of the Lord's Prayer, and it goes like this, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. I learned it this way. Lead us, Lord. Lead us, Lord, lest we fall into temptation. I don't know about you. My worst temptations, uh, they come at night Uh, from two very demonic sources, the television and the refrigerator. (laughs) Right? They're of the devil. I mean, I I can stay on a diet until about six at night. And then between 6 and the rest of the whole evening and morning, look out. You know, look out. When you're tired, your resources are low. You're going to get into arguments when you're tired. You're going to say things. You're going to hurt people unintentionally. It's a good thing before uh, you go back home to pray, Lord, lead me. Lead me, Lord, not into temptation. Lead me lest I fall into temptation. Some of you, the television is a big temptation, I'm talking about watching stuff that you shouldn't be watching. For some of you, the computer is huge. They say 60, 70% of Christian, born again, Jesus loving men are looking at pornography. You're looking at stuff you shouldn't be watching. Before you get home, Lord, lead me, lest I fall into temptation. God's given us a great promise. 1 Corinthians 10 13, no temptation has seized you except what is common to man. Now that's a good thing. It says we all go through the same common temptations. You think you're special. You're not when it comes to temptation. You have the exact same t- temptations that everybody else does. You have the same temptation that they've had for thousands of years. Jesus had them in the same way, the same root temptation. Now the good news is if they're common temptations, there's a common solution. And that verse says, and God is faithful. God is faithful. And he won't let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. And he will provide a way out. God says, I'm going to give you a way out. By the way, if you're watching stuff that's not good for you on the internet, you should memorize this next verse. Psalm 101, verse 3, it says, I will set before my eyes no vile thing. Nowadays, that might mean the news. (laughs) Um, You have to worry about that. And so I ask God to help me. Make wise decisions. And then finally, we come to the end of the day, right? You're getting ready for Betty Bye. You're putting on your jammies. And here's the last thing you pray. It's the last phrase in the Lord's Prayer. For thine is the kingdom. Thine is the power. Thine is the glory forever. Bell number seven. I end my day with an encouraging truth. Bell number seven is benediction. Bene means good. Diction means word. It's a good word. A good word at the end of the day. End your day with a good word. It's good to read the scripture promises. Read some promises from God. End your day with an encouraging truth. And the Lord's Prayer ends with one of the most encouraging truths around. It goes like this. For yours is the kingdom. Yours is the power. Yours is the glory forever and ever. Amen. Now let me tell you what that means. If you'll think of that verse and you remember what it means, I think you're going to sleep a whole lot better. Because what that verse says is, Three incredibly wonderful truths. Number one, God's in charge. God's in control. The politicians aren't in control. The other nations aren't in control. Your boss isn't in control. God is ultimately in control. The Bible says the heart of the king is in the hand of the Lord, and he can turn it whithersoever he wishes. That's the King James. Proverbs 21.1. When people pray, That's why the world changes when God's people pray. That's why we're doing this 40 days of prayer. He's waiting on us. Sometimes we say, God, we're waiting on you to do something. And God's saying, I'm waiting on you to pray. This is a partnership, but when I pray, yours is the kingdom, yours is the power, yours is the glory forever. Amen. Good night, Lord. I'm saying, God, number one, you're in control. Number two, this isn't the end of the story. And then number three, God and his family win in the end. I read the last chapter of the book. Have you? Have you read the book of Revelation? God wins. God wins. And so if you go to bed and the last thing you watch is either the news or some late night TV talking about the news, you're going to go to bed depressed. Corey Tenboom, bless her heart, you know, experienced the Holocaust, remember? Corey Ten Boom, The Hiding Place, that book, and that Billy Graham movie, she said, look within, be depressed. Look around, be distressed. Look above, be at rest. It all depends who you're looking at. Yours is the kingdom, yours is the power, yours is the glory forever. God, you're in control. This is not the end of the story, and we win in the end. Good night, Lord. I'll see you in the morning when I wake up it's going to be get up with gratitude and then bless your name at breakfast and so I'm ending positive and I start with a positive and I think we'll sleep a whole lot better and if you say you know I just don't have time to pause and pray then you're too busy I mean you can explain that to God uh, when you get to heaven one day why you were too busy to talk to him let me give you a promise you need to write this down Proverbs 10, 27, I love it. It says, the fear of the Lord adds length to life. Another version goes like this. Reverence for God adds hours to each day. Do you need more time? Reverence for God adds hours to each day. It's kind of like tithing. God can make 90% of my money go further than 100%. God can make my time go further when I give part of it to him in prayer. Reverence for God adds hours to each day. The Lord's Prayer is not just a ritual, you know, that people pray. It's actually, it's an it's a example. It's a pattern, really, for living. It's a model for how to manage your day. And if you do this, you're going to have more energy. I think you'll have a more peace. You'll be closer to God. You'll have more power in your life. You'll have more confidence. Jesus says this is the way you ought to pray, I end with a story 150 years ago. There was a young Boston woman married to a printer, and they got married and had three kids, but the Civil War ended their happiness because Mary's husband um, ended up fighting in the Civil War in the Northern Army, and he died in battle. And then after her husband died, then her 12-year-old son drowned, and then her daughter died. I mean, it was just one thing after another, one calamity after another. And in her grief, Mary Ann Kinder began to turn to writing hymns. And if you've been into a traditional church, ours is somewhat that way, uh, you've probably sung a Mary Ann Kinder hymn because she wrote hundreds and hundreds of them, very well known, has helped millions of people. In fact, she wrote, I think, 181 hymns. That's not quite as many as Charles Wesley, but that's a lot of hymns. And there's one that she wrote that I remember as a little child growing up, and also in our little church down in Stickney, South Dakota. And it's called, Did You Think to Pray? And after we have communion together, Uh, we're going to sing that hymn. But I just wanted to share the words with you in closing. Listen to this. I know it's kind of archaic words, but uh, like how many people say air anymore? Air, you left your room this morning. Did you think to pray? In the name of Christ our Savior, did you sue for loving favor as a shield today? When you met with great temptation, did you think to pray? By his dying love and merit, did you claim the Holy Spirit as your guide and stay? When your heart was filled with anger, did you think to pray? Did you plead for grace, my brother, that you might forgive another who had crossed your way? When sore trials came upon you, did you think to pray? When your soul was bowed in sorrow, Balm of Gilead, did you borrow? At the gates of day, and the chorus goes like this Oh, how praying rests the weary. Prayer will change the night to day. So when life seems dark and dreary, don't forget to pray. Amen.